Hello and welcome to another episode of our show. Today's guest is Gary Roberts. Gary is a firefighter, business owner, and entrepreneur, uh, a host of the podcast Good Dudes Grow, and he uh, he's a huge proponent and advocate of plant-based medicine and in particular cannabis uh, and, and, the, and the proponents of CBD. He believes that it can help in, 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 in talks about the research behind CBD and treating things like chronic illness, as well as mental calamities such as addiction, depression, and anxiety. Uh, it's such a privilege and a pleasure to have Gary on and to share his knowledge because it's not it's not something that I, I necessarily know a lot of research on, but it is something that I myself have experienced with. And I have firm beliefs that uh, the usage of cannabis can be very healing and very helpful when used in, uh, in in combination with other modalities and therapies for healing, as well as other lifestyle choices such as being active and a healthy diet, and uh, and and that all together can can really provide something more holistic, which is something that Gary talks about. So, without further ado, uh, we're going to get started. I hope you enjoy, and please be sure to drop us a line. Our email is robsprobablywrong at gmail.com, because I am. And our Instagram is probablywrongaboutEverything. So let us know how we're doing. We would love to hear from you. Enjoy. Uncut, uncensored, and unfiltered. This is an open mind. And you're listening to I'm Probably Wrong About Everything. All right, we got Gary Roberts with us. Gary is uh, the owner of a CBD uh, shop, podcast, Good Guys Grow, and is opening up a non, non-for-profit non recovery center. Gary, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Robert, for having me. It's my pleasure to be here. So, you, man, you got, b- before we were spitballing a little bit about all the things that you do, you're a firefighter. You've been an advocate for uh, for cannabis in terms of its benefits for everything from consciousness to healing. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, how you got into cannabis. Yeah, the, the, the whole... The whole story is kind of kind of weird because it kind of mixes together. It seems like there's three different parts to my life that all kind of mixed into one. So it's, it's actually a weird kind of sad story. And mostly like I was, we were spitballing before, I was talking about how I was thinking about getting into cannabis for the investment, you know, kind of self selfish, you know, the way everybody else got into the CBD industry they are now, just like, oh, yeah. do you see the money? And they're like, it. so I tried to get into it. it. It didn't work. The You know, Florida is one of the strictest states to actually do cbd or cannabis they're one of the hottest regulated you know fda wants to follow what they're doing and everything else mm-hmm. and they said hey you need a family tree line of a basic you know ancestry all the way for 30 years as a farmer to do this and i'm like Ugh, yeah that's right. not happening i definitely i have no green green thumb that ain't working for me so i started that round i said okay well i'll find a farmer and hook up with them and then next thing you know they're asking hey you need a 10 million dollar bond i'm like yeah firefighter salary 10 million dollars just not gonna yeah. happen good luck yeah, exactly. And that's where I started learning about the other side of the cannabis plant, which was the CBD stuff. And at the same time, I was actually injured from doing some CrossFit competitions. And I'm like, you know what, I'll try this stuff because I always try everything before I actually recommend it or anything else. Right. 
And I says, you know, let's try it. And my biggest worry, and everybody else is already firefighters, we're not allowed to take THC, we're drug tested. So I had no clue what the hell I was doing. Uh, I ordered from California. It came from the DHL delivery. It didn't come from normal, you know, USPS because it was still illegal in South Florida. I came right. in a little box. It said perfume, olive oil or something, you know, whatever they wanted to call it just to get it to me. And like, we're, like we were talking before and stuff just tasted terrible. Mm. I mean, it was like, I don't know what the hell it was eating. It was pure like eating dirt, like seriously, just not. And, but it wasn't working. Right. Like I said, if it worked, you know. I, it was I'll, some pretty if, stepped if, on shit. Yes. <laughs> if dirt worked, I'd eat the shit out of dirt. Okay. But it wasn't working. So, you know what? I'm like, all right, this, this is bullshit. This is never going to happen. Uh, I get I get the blood work done with a holistic doctor. She was getting involved with a CBD company. She says, hey, listen, come and, come to this, this cannabis convention. And talk to some people. Maybe you'll you meet up with some guys. I'm like, you know what? It's all snake oil. This this has got to be just for money, because I'm not a pot smoker. Never was. You know, my parents were against it. Never knew what it did. Never looked into it until now. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'll just go and talk to some people. So I went there, introduced myself. You know, and people were like, hey, yeah, this was like like back in 2017. Still before it was uh, legal in the state of Florida. They were just just the beginning of, the, of I guess. No, yeah, right at the beginning of 2018 when he started actually leading legislation for the 2018 Farm Bill. So it was right on the cusp of it. And I went there and I went, okay, let's talk to a few people and everybody's selling everything and all this stuff. And you're like, you know, you're, you know, you're not a pot guy. So I go, your first time going into a, a dispensary. Right. It's like, what the fuck is all of this? <laughs> you know, back yeah. in the days, I ain't no young guy, 50. You know, back when I was young, there was a joint. That's there you right. That's that's cannabis for you. Now there's wall to wall <laughs> shit. Yeah. All going, these strains. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my right. mind's going. I have no idea what's going on. So I met a guy from Colorado. He says we got a farm out in Colorado. We'll send you some product. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't work. He goes, just try it. We tried it, and I was standing in my kitchen at one day, and again, it's it probably had the 0.3 percent THC, which I'm still not wasn't allowed to take, which allegedly, just in case you know anybody mm. from our <laughs> But I tried it, and I like I was telling you off offline. I have two Achilles tendonitis uh, in my each feet. It's like walking on ice, walking on glass, twenty four hours a day for about a year straight. Couldn't get rid of it. I took the stuff, put it underneath my tongue. Within twenty minutes, my pain level went from an eight to a three. And I went, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah. And my wife's looking at me and going, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Well, my my my." My feet feel good. She's like, mm. it's just a placebo. You just want it. You know, you Stay buy cool. all the, yeah, you, you buy all these supplements. You buy anything that anybody says, you know, and I'm like, all right, well, well, let's test it out even more. So like, me, Mr. Mr. You know, fitness guy, go back to the gym, jump up and down on, on, you know, jump rope. Perfect for the Achilles tendonitis. Yes. Yeah. 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 Just and what you did, want to be doing. Yeah. And it didn't get worse. And I stayed on it and it kind of went away. And that's where I dove into more about, the CBD and the benefit of that can do. And like I was saying offline, at the same time, my daughter, I found out my daughter was coming at a rehab for the second time. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't known that. She had a, a car accident and she ended up being on pain pills. And this is where we're going to come with the post that you saw. Pain pills and those pain pills at a certain time was the same time they were making the whole war on opiates. So you can only get so many. They were shutting down all the pain meds. So you can get this and that's it. You're done. You're cut off. Well, yeah. You got that that pain med, those receptors. They're used to getting that stuff. You need to find something so that led into street drugs. 
And so I'm like, well, maybe this stuff, CBD can help her. Right. And I started looking more into the research. And I'm one of those guys that are analytically, I'll research the shit out of everything. And I started looking at it and I started seeing all these studies and these studies and these studies and more studies and more studies. And I'm like, this is not stuff from this year. This is stuff from 1997, 19, you know, it's 2005. I'm like, this has been out for a while. Mm. Why hasn't anybody mm. talked about this? And it's not, it's a plant. It's not like somebody's screwing with it. Yeah. And so I came to my daughter and I said, okay, we need to get this product out. And since I'm going to do it, I'm going to, we're going to start opening a CBD company. And at the same time, my daughter says, well, if you're going to do that, let's just open a rehab because the rehabs in South Florida are terrible. At that time, they were going through something called patient brokering. Mm-hmm. Basically what ended up happening is that you would go to a rehab in a halfway house. You would stay in a halfway house. Well, the rehabs would jack your insurance. When your insurance would be done, they'd throw you back in the rehab house they paid a head boss at the rehab house money to get you hooked back again. So you'd come back to rehab. So they jack your insurance again. What? Yeah. So, so it was a whole patient broker or anything. You can actually look it up. I think it was back in 2017, 2017, 18. And Florida finally passed a no patient brokering law. I think it was 2008 to middle of 2018. They passed it to stop all that. Cause there was such a crisis down here. Hey, it's rehab. Who wants to get, be- you can get better in Florida in the sun. Right. So everybody was flying down here. Overdoses were going, I'll tell you what, overdoses were going through the roof so much. As a firefighter, I went and bought the first Narcan, nasal Narcan stocks. And I made a shit ton of money. Smart, <laughs> Smart man. I bought it at $4, sold yeah. it at $120. That's Holy how, shit. because I, we were using it three, four times a day yeah. down here. It was just ridiculous. And so when my daughter was telling me this, I'm like, okay, well, Let's, let's do it. But how can we fix it? And she said, well, mm. let's not do the average rehab. Let's do a nonprofit. So this way, if you don't have insurance and you get thrown out from an, another rehab and you're screwed and you're stuck down there, we can still help you. So she came up with the idea. She came up with the name. Her and my wife came up with the logo. They had a thing where he pinky sweared and it was like, our logo is like a little pinky swear and it's called promises of recovery. Nobody will be left behind. Mm. So that's what they called it. Unfortunately, by the time I got the product out back out here, got it tested, laws were passed, was actually able to make sure that what I was giving, again, being a firefighter, I have to follow legalities, right. was I wasn't breaking any laws or anything, and I could give it to firefighters safely so they wouldn't lose their jobs. They, my daughter ended up going to rehab one more time, came out, and then I got a phone call. She ended up overdosing on her 27th birthday, wow. and she ended up passing away. So me and my wife said, Let, let's just keep the rehab going. Let's open it in her name. That's, that's what we got to do. So we, did, we decided to do that. That's what we did be doing for the last four years. Three months after my daughter passed away, I got a phone call from my mom. My dad died. Found out my dad passed away from an overdose. He was printing his own prescription medications in Canada. So I went, oh, this is, this is, this is my life's kind of effed up. I need to change something. And this is where it gets freaky. At the same time, I finally got my product tested. Everything was good. There's no THC. The stuff I give the firefighters, I give this bottle to this one firefighter. He's like, oh, I have neck pain. I'm like, try this stuff, dude. It helped me out tremendously. He calls me in three days and goes, dude, what the hell is in this stuff you gave me? I'm like, oh, oh, God. And I'm just starting out, so I have no right. idea what he's talking about. I'm like, oh, God. What, what, what happened? What happened? He's like, listen, I haven't told anybody this. Uh, I'm getting a divorce. I hated my life. I hated my kids. I've had voices talking to me for the last two years. I wasn't sure whether I still wanted to be here. Mm. 
but on the product you gave me, those voices went away. And I went, an epiphany step. And I'm like, now let's dive into how this can help with PTSD. Okay, I know how it can help with, with addiction because I've researched the crap out of it, read everything I have. Let's see where I can go with depression, addiction, and sleep because that's the biggest things with firefighters and first responders. Now, what you gave them, was it, was it just CBD or was there THC in it? Just CBD, just an isolate. That okay, was a weird right. thing. So it was like, because I can't, because I, I have firefighters, police officers, everybody that take buy my product. Because I, I like I said, I, I make sure it's third party tested. I double, triple test it, mm-hmm. and I won't give them anything with THC because I know they're still going to get popped and lose. I don't want them to lose their career right. or anything, just yeah, so they could yeah. feel good. Yeah. So just that by itself is like blew my mind. That's when I it was like six months into my opening my company, and I'm like, oh, we're on to something. Let's figure out how to do this. And that's where everything came tied together. And when I started investigating more, investigating more, and I was still doing this on the down low. As a firefighter, I was not sure how was I going to be welcomed by administration about my cheese. I don't want people to know. There's such a stigma around it. Exactly. So I was petrified. I was like, all right, this guy's, and everybody, the fire department would go, oh, it's the drug dealer. We call it a drug. I'm like, don't, dude, don't say that. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to get me fired. Right. And and finally, after a while, and I kept researching and researching and researching, and I went, you know what? Athletes are starting to come through with this. Professional ball players are starting to NBA, starting to do it. The NHL was always one of the first ones that really didn't test for it. And and then they started, and we started seeing that one of the football players, I was on a call with Kyle Turley, Ed McMahon, uh, I think it was Bo Johnson and a couple of other guys that take cannabis. They were telling their stories about how they were just jacked up on opiates. And if it wasn't mm-hmm. for cannabis, and this is cannabis, wasn't for cannabis, they would never be alive at this time. Jim yep. McMahon said one time he had a gun and wasn't sure what was going to happen. And he swears that if it wasn't for cannabis, he would not be here to this day. And I says, okay, well, if football players and baseball players can use this stuff, still hit a fastball at, 50, you know, at 100 miles an hour, without an issue, well, why can't first responders still take it? Right. Because we're allowed to use opiates and, and uh, Adderall and, and Valium. That's mm-hmm. not a problem. But I can't do this thing that comes out of the ground and stick it even juice it in the machine because I'm afraid I'm going to lose my, my, my job. And right. that's where I decided, right, bad, bad, let's say a bad pun here. I came out of the closet. Right. And I says, here I am. All right, this is what I do. I have a company. And now I'm just going to start pushing forward. And I started calling my unions, talking to my reps, talking to this. And I started doing that. And I started pushing a little harder. We need to talk. We need to talk about this. Just open the discussion. I'm not saying do anything. I'm saying let's just talk. Because sooner or later, it's going to be legalized everywhere Awareness. in the state. Yeah. So we need to be prepared. Because you are going to have some guys that are going to go and do it. Why don't we just make a, a protocol and figure out how to make sure that they can safely we we can do it for drugs we can do it for opiates and valium and everything else and alcohol what's the difference with pot so what was what was the research for this because i mean unions there's such a double standard here because we talked about the pharmacology business and how these drugs keep like they keep you addicted so that you keep taking them and then you know you're 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 keeping this economic cycle going whereas with cbt cbd and thc cannabis it can actually help in the healing process now i the problem is is that people they always ask for the research bit so i 
I imagine that you had to, you know, deliver some research. And and again, so much of what you were being provided was was was, was these anecdotal stories. Like your one buddy who's like, "Dude, you helped me through it." What what sort of research did you have to provide to sort of verify the claims that this could heal, not hurt? One of the biggest places I looked, and this is a great resource, was projectcbd.org. Mm. If you go on there, they have a masterful list of all the all the stuff. And they don't write the uh, the research. They give you links to like PubMed or, or the National Institute of Health. So you can go read the direct research itself on how it correlates with that that problem or disease that you're looking at oh. so i read i read tons of it so now i have backed journals of doctors trying it of, of case studies and clinical studies it was still illegal but they're still doing these studies of well places were started you know california was legal so they have all these different studies some of the doctors like if you look at the guy the guy the main guy the godfather of cbd dr uh, Ashulam, would take his studies to to israel so those studies you could actually find, and then they would be published there. And so you would find those studies of doctors that would go to different countries that it was legal to actually do the stuff. It just wasn't, you know, state legal because you still couldn't get. I see. Yeah, yeah Cannabis yeah. itself to actually. But it was test still it. an. It was still an ethical, you know, well done program because right. I mean, that's what it all comes down to is the right. the efficacy and the ethics involved to sort of do these studies, right? It, exactly, 100%. It wasn't me going taking CBD and I wrote an article. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was political doctors and scientists that said, hey, here's what we got with what we have. More research is needed. More research is needed mm. and, and because here's what we found. And that's where it ended up. Now, when it started becoming more and more legal states, more and more scientists started to go. And now those started backing up those research. And so as we got from the 2018 Farm Bill on, more and more research came out because they were actually able to have pilot programs like Florida or have cannabis programs. Our universities were now getting access to from the DEA cannabis so they can study it. So all these studies started flourishing and come out. So it wasn't just one study. It was back-to-back studies. Yeah. And just for example, one of the biggest things that most people don't understand is that cannabis can now help with uh, neuroprotectiveness. That's why the NFL is actually looking for it. Actually, one of the NFL players started for concussion syndrome and everything mm-hmm. else after all those NFL players started dying, a study because cannabis helped him, so he opened a facility. Oh. Well, the NFL took that facility from him, and now the NFL is doing a study. So they kind of wiped well, them out. The, of- that's a league for you, but anyways. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but what most people don't understand is the United States actually have a patent on that since 1996. You can look at it at the U.S. Patent Office. The United States government has a patent on cannabis for neuroprotectiveness since 1996. So, And that was the same time that uh, Raphael Shulam told the United States, this works this way. Let me study it. He brought all his information to the United States, and they stole it from him and then shipped them back out. But they cut them off. It's, so they're – oh, sorry. No, no, go up. Yeah, they, cut, they basically told him we're taking it and he held his information, not didn't tell anybody, and kind of shipped them back to Israel. Go back and study there. We're not going to study it now that we took it. So he had to start all over again. And actually, they have a patent on it now. See, the thing that really kind of like irks me here, and you know, maybe, this, maybe I'll go disappearing after I say this, but 1996, they have a patent on, on cannabis and how it can protect – uh, you know, brain function from concussion syndrome, all this. But around that time, isn't that when they developed uh, like oxy, like they really started to develop oxycotton? 
and yep. they really started to push it. They and they saw the, the amount of money that they could make out of it. That's kind of on the same era they started the war on drugs, where they started the war on cannabis. They didn't start the war on opiates. They started the war on cannabis. Exactly. And that's, and that's where they got – I had Tommy Chong on my show. That's where they got Tommy Chong in trouble. Yeah. Because he was like the godfather of teaching Chong back then, you know, smoke him and blaze him, dude. You yeah. know, so they said, oh, he's just pushing this stuff and pushing this stuff and pushing this stuff. We got to shut him down. And so they use that as their drive for the war on drugs. Mm. And then years later, they put him in jail for nine months, not for selling drugs, for selling paraphernalia. Well, they did that to Mark. Have you ever heard of Mark Emery up here in Vancouver? No, but I'm, there's another Canadian I think that started. Was it was it Clay Johnson? Um, I, well, I have to look it up. He he actually got arrested, and it took I think he got uh, life for possession of marijuana, and he's the one that started the whole. He went all the way to the Supreme Court, and he's the one that started the whole backlash that opened the window for every all the cannabis to open up so i think it's clay, i think it's clay johnson i'm not or clay thompson i'm trying to get him on my show i reached out to him but his story is quite it just blows your mind a guy gets arrested and he he yeah i think he was actually going to get the death sentence for something for marijuana had, yes and he went to That's supreme court yeah it, it was well, there's a, still people there's still people facing life in the united states for which is which is life life here is 25 years in canada but any which is a fucking chunk of time but there's still people facing life in america for weed it's yes. like man maybe you should they, they gotta crop dust people with 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 thc and realize it's it's not so bad you might freak out for a little bit but you'll you'll come out the other end okay yeah yeah and <laughs> and so i i'm like all these stories are coming out and i'm like oh, this is you know, yeah. I've got it. I've got to tell people about this. And, yeah. and that's where the podcast came in. I said, what can I do different? I'm like, well, let's create a podcast that I, 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 I researched all the podcasts on, on iTunes and you had the, the, the nerds that are going all the way to, you know, botanics and scientifically how to grow the stuff. And then you had the potheads on the other side saying, yeah, dude, blues, laze them and blaze them. And, you know, talking right. about their old, old. And I'm like, there's nothing in the middle just to educate people on the mm. benefits of it so that people can actually, hey, maybe I want to try this. Maybe I don't. Let's yeah. see what a doctor says. Let's see what a scientist says. Let's see what an anecdotal person says. So I created Good Dudes Grow podcast and I bring guests on that a either use the stuff that actually mentally or physically help them. Scientists and doctors that use it to study it to see if whether it works or doesn't work. I don't care if you believe in it or not. If you don't believe in it, come on my show. We're going to have a conversation of why, what, so because I want people to give the information. And then B was people who, like you're saying, who were who are arrested that are now out, that have created a multi-million dollar companies on something that was a legal five, six, 10 years ago. So I've talked to everybody in all different realms. And the stuff that I've learned just by talking to these people made me research even more. And that's where I said, you know, like I keep saying, we got to get this in the hands of first responders because we we think about suicide. And the statistics show that every first responder thinks about 50% of – my brain goes 100 miles a minute when I get so excited about it. 50% of all first responders think about suicide during the, at least once during their career. And I've lost – in the last five years, maybe five brothers and sisters to suicide. Oh shit! And it's from our work cycle. It's from our sleep, and it's from what we see. And mm. this is a story I tell everybody, and this kind of opens their eyes. When you were in elementary or or in 
you know, kindergarten. Everyone's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Everyone's like, I want to be a firefighter. I want to be a firefighter. You know, they, they, they go that, they kind of always go to that route. They don't go policemen. They go firefighter. Why? Because firefighters are, they're the heroes. They're the cool people. They save lives. You know, and you see it on TV. They, they're idolized. Well, you see the big firefighters pull these guys out of a burning building and like, oh, we're saving him and it's, and it's glorious and everything else. But what really happens to the person in a building is that it's 1,200 to 1,600 degrees in there. There's no pulling you out. The shirt that you're wearing is now melted to your skin. Your hair's burnt off. Your skin's melted. We pull you out. Your skin is now stuck yeah. to my gloves. Your smell is in my nose, on my clothes. As I'm trying to start an IV to save your life, I'm pulling your shirt and your skin off your own body to try and find something that I can start an IV on you. And all this is within you know, a couple of minutes, 30, 30 minutes max. You drop the person off at the hospital. Hopefully, he'll make it. That's it. He's done with it, but unfortunately, you're not done with it because your clothes still smell them. It's still in your nose. It's still on your skin. And what happens as you're way going back to the station, you get another call of a kid drowning in a pool. You can't stop, go get dressed, get changed, wash that smell off. You've now got to take that smell with you trying to save another kid. And firefighters do that every third day for 30 years. That's what nobody knows about. And nobody tells the firefighters that. When you sign up, it's not like, hey, guess what? You're going to see a, a half a face, uh, blood spurting out somewhere. You know, you're going to get skin on your, yourself. You know, it, it, nobody tells you that. It's like, the hey, fragility look. of existence. Exactly. And, then, and then you start to, you know, you, you, it's not like some jobs you can leave them there. You know what I mean? Right. Like you can leave your job there, but you go out and you see situations and you, and you see the fragility of it all, right? Exactly. Like anything could happen at any moment. I mean, as, as a registered clinical counselor, I work with people who have experienced trauma, traumatic things. And then I go like, holy shit. Like I see the world through a different, uh, not always through the rose colored glasses. And then right. you got to think about the fatigue in, in, in both of our professions while different the level of fatigue is still there. And, and then there's, again, there's the, the, the stigmatization around mental health and who do we have to talk about these things. And then when we find something like cannabis that can actually truly help us, like it is, it has helped me, man. Like I used to struggle from alcoholism. Like you ask anybody, I struggle from alcoholism and, and, in you know, THC, and other things, of course, therapy. It's not the only modality that that I, you know, I recommend using, but it can help people to to raise their awareness, their consciousness, and to do that inner healing because trauma affects your body and it's deep. It's in your DNA the way that it 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 affects us. And like you say, these these smells, these sights, you could carry those with you from day one. That's the first call. Imagine that's the first call you get as a firefighter. Which, yeah, I'm, which happens. Yeah, you're you 20 years old. That. Boom, you carry that the rest of your life. And you right. have to go home, see your family, and act like you didn't just see what you saw. Exactly. And then with my case, as soon my daughter died, went back on shift. Mm. The first day I had two overdoses and I brought them back. What do you right. think's going in my mind? Why couldn't well, I do the same? Well, yeah, she was just up in the next city. It was like five minutes away. Why didn't somebody call me? I could have probably done a better job. I, you know, you know, I'm doubting with how the people treated her. I'm like, why didn't they do what I could do? And, you know, and so it plays on firefighters and first responders. And there's studies out there showing that a THC and, and a little bit higher levels of CBD actually close that brain barrier and help 
kind of like relax the brain and hide those traumas in the brain and brings out more of a blissful, happy side. And why can't, and again, I keep going, why can't first responders get access to it? And it comes down to money. Right. It, it, it's that simple. Because why? The first answer you get from your unions or, or everybody else, oh, it's not, it's not federally legal. Now we got to worry about federal grants. Really? You, no, you don't. Tell me why do you got to worry about federal grants? Well, because, you know, cannabis is a schedule, you know, schedule one here with heroin and everything else. We can't have schedule ones. Oh, I understand that. Right. But yet you, you can make a protocol because according to the rules, this is where the rules are. If you do your research, your rules are for the 1988 drug-free workplace to keep your federal grants in your workplace states, you must have a policy in place. The exact words are for substances in schedule one, through five. It doesn't say opiates, Tylenol. It says schedule one through five. That means you can place a program or a, a rule or a, or a procedure for heroin to Tylenol. And as long as you have a written procedure and something written in, you will not oh. lose your federal, you will not use your federal funding because you followed the federal law. So, so it's you, already, it's right. already written there that you can do it. Yeah. So, so really, I think, like you say, it does come down to money, and it, it comes down to, to the nature of of the pharma of pharmacology, right? But the crazy thing is, is that these antidepressants, anti anxiety medications, all these medications create these. Am I saying this right? The idiotrophic effects that by you say you you witness this horrible these horrible things that happen at one workshop that would fuck with anybody's mind, right? It just it would traumatize anybody. And then you go to your doctor and they're like, oh, well, here's some antidepressant pills because that is actually what happens. It's not that, okay, maybe we should process what you've seen. It's more like, here's some pills for you. And then you take these pills and they create idiotrophic effects, which means that it creates the disease neurologically in your brain that you're now reliant, addicted to these pills. Exactly. Why, why is it that they say side effects may include thoughts of depression and kill? It's like, well, hold on. Like what? Why are those the side effects? Because it because keeps you addicted and keeps you buying in. Exactly. And what it does, and I keep using these words, it goes, it masks what you're thinking. Yes. And what it does, it chemically alters the thoughts in your brain to make you dull to them. You don't want to be dull to them. You no. just want your body to fix it. And that's where CBD and THC come in, is that it's a plant. Most people don't understand the plant itself does absolutely nothing for you. The plant makes your body work for itself. Oh. So the product like you're taking, it's like that. It's like, like working it's out. an inhibitor. It, well, that's what it does. You have cannabinoids in your body already. What it does is it starts those cannabinoids to actually heal the body naturally. So they did a study. The uh, Dr. Sanguta and CNN did a study. And what they found out is that the opiate receptors actually in between will actually go in between the two brain receptors and it'll talk through the opiate receptors. And so when you don't get that drug, the brain stops talking and that's what it wants. So it wants the, that bridge. Well, they did a study saying high doses of CBD recreates that bridge. It doesn't bond them mm. like opiates do. It makes the brain rebuild its own receptors. So there's no more need for the addiction. There's no more need for that opiate. Whoa. So High dose CBD for a week can keep somebody in addiction out of addiction for three to four months, even if you stop it. So if you go high level CBD for a week, 
you will not need that barrier that uh, that opiates would make you have for three to four months. That's in, whoa, okay. and that's actually you can actually. So look this it up. is this is actual medicine that can treat addiction. Yes. Wow, that's huge. But then it's again, massive. why 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 keep why keep people from doing that? Because addiction is business. The war on drugs is such bullshit. It is it's such bullshit. Fuck how, you, how Ronald it? Reagan. Sorry, sorry for people who like him, but the war on drugs was a failed war from the get-go because they never address the issue of why people are doing drugs. Why exactly? Right? Exactly. And then you can look, you can do a whole bunch of other research. Go research uh Portugal. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. Which completely decriminalized yeah. everything. And what they said, and this is the same way that we're working with our, we took that model, put it into our recovery facility added a holistic of using cbd and cannabis to help you keep it off asked fitness to help you keep you healthy and add nutrition mm. to build you on the inside out build mm. all the holistically wise and then treat you yeah the yeah. patient you are not an addict you are no longer an addict we don't care what you did or how bad you were or the 12 steps let's sit around the table and talk about how bad shit was i want to know where you want to go and the right. problem my daughter said is that when we get out we feel alone. There's no community. So we want to go back because once we go back in, everybody knows our name and we feel comfortable. So what do we do? We go back to using. Well, why don't we find a rehab that builds a community outside, not inside? Right. So that's how we built ours. We're going to start teaching people how to build outside. So we created a vocational program to where we hire businesses and we pay the, the, uh, the people in our facility to go work for them and teach them how to do jobs and integrate them back into society, mm. make them feel comfortable. Now, it's not on the employer's responsibility. He just gives them a job. We're going to pay the person. And then when they're ready in a three, six-month period, the employer can hire them if they're a good employee. So now we've integrated them back into society without just throwing them at the door. Right, right. So now we're treating you. We're not treating the chemical. And that's a very Swiss model. Like, like that's based upon in Switzerland. What they're doing is that rather than like, like arresting somebody for having a little bit of cocaine on them that clearly they're, they're using right for themselves, for their own personal use, rather than, than arresting them for that. It's like, okay, let's try and figure out what you need. And, and this idea of decriminalizing things, because that's really what it comes down to addiction and, and all these things. It's like, how can we treat the individual to empower them, right? Exactly. Have you heard of uh, Gabor Mate? Uh, I don't think so, no. Okay. You, you would love him on your show, man. But he, he looked all at the roots of addiction. And, and people with ADHD, they're more prone to addiction. You know, uh, children who have experienced trauma, all these things. And it's like, rather than, again, like I've said, fighting the war on drugs, we need to ask the questions of why. And- Furthermore, if you were to decriminalize drugs and create centers where, you know, they're available or whatever it may be, then things like the cartels in Mexico, right there, they lose their power. I mean, it just, there's a, there's a very weird system that has created in the, from prohibition. I mean, the right. FBI was created as a response to combat, you know, drugs and alcohol, but then alcohol they, they decriminalize that because taxes, right? So if you were to decriminalize some of these drugs like marijuana, you tax them. You can make it work for you. Exactly. But it's almost like the system that we're living in, this Judeo-Christian democracy, 
there's so much shame attached to the usage of plant medicine because that's what it is it's plant medicine it's exactly what it is and and the the whole term and i use the term whenever somebody asks me to speak those terms like oh marijuana is a gateway drug i says the only gateway marijuana is marijuana is a gateway out drug Mm. it's not a way a gateway into drug it never has Alcohol is right. a gateway drug. <laughs> Alcohol is a gateway drug. Alcohol is yeah. antidepressant and everything else. It, it, yeah. You know, cannabis was never that. Yeah. All right. So you need to stop using that term. Use it more as a gate. I use it as a gateway out drug because it's, mm-hmm. there's more studies showing that it can actually help you out of stuff than actually get into bad stuff. Right. There's not very many people that are just going to smoke a joint and go out and kick the shit out of somebody. <laughs> hey, dude. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, not, no, you're going to get into a car. You know, I see a couple of cows flying around. I ain't driving. Yeah. 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 Let's understand that. There's very few people, no overdoses, no side effects. It's a plant. You can pick it up, you can grow it, and you can throw it in in your own blender and juice it yourself. There's absolutely no way that this can be a gateway into something bad. It's all been a fallacy created by the government to, for some, like you said, for the stupid drug on wars. And it blows my mind. So that's the whole reason I got the podcast was to actually destigmatize this whole cannabis thing. Mm. And, and I, I've been dumb. I've been blown away by the people on my show that, that have talked like from the scientists and just incredible, incredible. I mean, stuff I learned. Well, one thing that like, honestly, since I've, I've uh, been, myself you because i mean we we do this sort of like oh not me or anything like that i'll be honest i use thc and cbd and like i used to really struggle with anger and my own thoughts and all this stuff because you know i've experienced lots of things in my life and it has made me rather than because alcohol it's so out of yourself and like ah and and it's a numbing it numbs you whereas whereas thc and cbd and like I've said, other modalities has allowed me to return to myself, to be introspective. And it's like, why would you want to, why would you want to keep that from people? I mean, I just don't understand. I really don't other than it is like we've discussed. Yeah. I was like, it's it's kind of like you said, what we said on the podcast, when you saw my uh, Instagram post where I showed the the whole, I had knee surgery uh, last Mm. week and they gave me, seven days worth of pain meds. Okay. Right. I was able to walk out, walk out. It was a two hour surgery where I didn't stay overnight. It wasn't, you know, I was able to walk out on my own recognizance, but you gave me seven days of a hundred milligrams of tramadol that you want, that I could take at any time. If you feel pain, take it. If I take it, if I just feel like pain, just sort of can mask that pain, sooner or later, I probably always wanted to be masked. And that's where I go into always wanting it. And that's where, you know, and that's where it leads down that road when in fact, when in fact, that 50 milligram gummy, which was a higher, like at a Delta eight level, which is not, which is THC's little baby sister, which is not as psychoactive as THC, but has high potency for pain and helps you sleep and sleep is the main active ingredient your body needs for recovery. Right. Why would I not take that? Because it's not addictive either. Funny you mentioned that too, but these, these pain meds, you don't actually sleep when you're on them. You're in, you're in like, you're, you're knocked out, you know, Valium or whatever. It knocks you out, but you, you're not actually sleeping. Like it's a different, it's your, your body's not actually getting that REM sleep or the uh, non-REM sleep. 
Exactly. Whereas with CBD, so with CBD, you actually get sleep. Exactly. And that's where your body heals. Wow. And, and then the other pain meds cause what? It causes constipation. So now you're all backed up. So now you're going to go take another medication and actually do that. And it, the side effects of just trying to take a pain med just so it could mask something that you could naturally right. grow in your yard, stick in your glass and drink is just why? And, that, that, and, that, and that's why I'm pushing it so hard to try and get it through the fire departments and first responders. The, the rules and laws are there. It's the mm -hmm. stigma that's stopping them because they see, like, like they said in the old days, like I said, they see the Cheech and Chong movies. They think, oh, well, we, if we say, well, firefighters are allowed to smoke cannabis or THC, all, all the residents in, in you know, mm -hmm. the population is going to think of, oh, we got a bunch of Cheech and Chong smoking down the highways, driving trucks. And, right. and again, my answer is, okay, the baseball player can swing a bat in 0.6 seconds at 150 mile an hour ball that's coming at him. Yeah. without a hesitation and you can't you, you're saying i'm going to be completely altered that I, I i i can't and then again on the intelligence side is i'm allowed to drink do you honestly think i'm going to take a drink at six o'clock in the morning and come to work yeah no at least have some common respect for the adults that they're actually doing it but yet you'll still right. let me come to you'll still let right. me take that percocet or that valium or that adderall the night before i can still come in all fucked up and you'll be like yeah you're good yeah. to go yeah. Let's get you drug tested. Oh, listen, you got opiates in your system. Well, here's my prescription for Adderall. Yeah. Well, guess what? Adderall and cocaine are the same thing. So if I got a script for Adderall, I can just sniff cocaine and you still think I'm taking Adderall. Whoa. Hello. There's there's no way you can yeah. THC can be tested for levels. So if I wanted to use, and this is all I'm trying to get this the, the, in Florida, it's all I'm trying to get the first responders and the people to understand, if we can have access to just the 0.3%, that just a little bit of THC actually knocks the edge off, hmm. we'll be, that's all we want to do, test it out with like that. Now, if we get test drug tested, I said, don't take the drug test, so I keep the drug test. Now, if you drug test me and my fucking drug test is through the roof, well, you know I just popped the joint. Right, right. Because don't lie to me and say, oh, we can't test the levels of THC in your body. No, you can. You can taste the levels of freaking almost anything in my body right now. It's so easy to test. Seriously. All right? So at 0.3%, I'm not going to pop huge amount of THC. It's not going to happen. And if that huge amount it is, you know I've done something besides what I said I was doing. So. Well, so what CBD, THC, like why is it that CBD doesn't have the psychoact, uh you know, psychoactive effects that THC does. What is, what's been removed? Okay, so this is the cool part. In your body, like I said, I, I told you we had, we had already had cannabinoids. Well, we have right. two types of cannabinoids. Cannabinoid one, which is CB1, and cannabinoid two, which is CB2, all right? TH, CB1 is mostly in the brain and everywhere. It's kind of like in the nerves and in the brain. CB2 goes throughout the whole body and, uh, and all the systems, muscular system, skeletal system, and everything else. It's more abundant CB2. THC binds to CB1, which gives that active effect. Okay, gotcha, right? yeah. C, uh, CBD does not bind. It kind of bounces off. But what it does to THC, it's a blocker. It's a prohibitor. So it'll block and knock off the THC from staying, staying there. So it'll actually, you can't get more THC if you have high levels of CBD in your body. So that's why they've come out with high, the 0.3% is mm. high percentage of CBD, low percentage of THC, but you're still getting that little medicinal benefit of THC and CBD stopping you from getting psychoactive effects. So it's blocking that from happening. So it keeps you down. 
they've actually done a study and I, I talk, I don't remember which episode is, is I think it's episode two with Dr. Um, one of the doctors, two or three, he'll say, you can actually test it out. If you, somebody takes a high levels of THC and it's all effed up, go get a CBD isolate, high dosage and give it to them and let them sit for a couple hours and it'll bring them down. Kind of. So CBD is like the Narcan for THC. <laughs> right. So, wow. so as long as we have high levels, of, we have a higher level of CBD, we're not going to, we can drink a whole bottle of 0.3% and not get high. We'll just be really happy and relaxed. Like, this is cool, man. But like, I mean, it's not- that really is the other thing about THC or, or, you know, cannabis in general is it's not like it's meth. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to like steal a car and you're more likely to just pensively think about what you'd like to order at McDonald's or something like that. But, but truly, and I'm just being funny here, but really, I do think that there's a, there's a potential for a growing consciousness from marijuana that things, alcohol does not provide. There's just this ability for creativity. I mean, I don't know if you've spoken to artists or anything like that, but. Um, Tommy Chong said it exactly. He goes, mm-hmm. when I smoke, I am more creative. And this is a man that's been, you know, he doesn't smoke a lot. He's been, he's very fitness. He smokes every once in a while. He, he used to work out with in the same gym as Arnold Schwarzenegger and all the Olympias. They all smoke for recovery. It's an awesome recovery thing. Right. It's really weird. But when you sit and talk to Tommy Chong, not Chong from Cheech and Chong, he's a very intelligent person and it doesn't oh, yeah. sound like the burnouts that they portray on on tv so there is really a, a creativity so he smokes and he gets more creative he plays music you know he's more he sees more artistry you know sees more stuff like that and that's what i got out of that interview that the tt for him that gives him a more as an artist and as an actor makes him more creative right and that's what it does and that opens the, your mind it opens your mind to other things it doesn't right. make you enraged and just see blinders and it kind of opens stuff up for you and that's the cool part, the cool aspect of it. So it's pretty amazing. I love it. So what's but, what's but I the can't road? Take it. <laughs> what's what's the road ahead for? Like, what's the future of this? I mean, because here we are. I, I my understanding is in Canada. I think it was like three years ago they they completely decriminalized marijuana in Canada, but the states they're still really kind of, you know, it's it's a slow process. So what do you think is is in the in the road ahead in the next five years? A lot of it, I'm going to talk for the state. It's going to be really tough. If they federally decriminalize it, I still don't see it being allowed in the states. Because if you think about it, states like Colorado, they're already making a lot of income from the taxes. Right. They're not going to want to give up those taxes to the state, to the, to the federal government, because that's what the oh. federal, government, federal government will want. So it'll be a legal battle. So that'll take years. You know how slow the government is with legal battles. So that'll take years. So before all that happens, and then what they're trying to do in the United States is they're making it more difficult for companies. Mm-hmm. For example, we talked to a couple of company owners, large company owners, and what they're saying was, like, yeah, we'll, we'll decriminalize it, but you can't do this. You can only limit the amount you're allowed to take. You have to do this. You have to do that. And they're making it so hard to run a business that it's like well, these people are still going to go to the streets, buy crap, and which may be laced with something and here's what one of the owners like, of ma- like marijuana that you're talking about yes because yeah, that happens yeah. yeah you got the synthetic which is called spice which was actually laced with fentanyl and stuff like that so so you know you'll get the, that stuff uh, on the market and people will go get it so if i'm a medical medicinal cannabis patient you say i'm i need this much right i need i need six grams for my, for my and i'm only allowed to get two 
I'm going to go find something because that's the only thing that's keeping me sane. Right, right. And then what I find may be something stupid and bad, which will screw me up even worse. So, so that's what they're doing. And one of the companies, he was actually sitting, it was actually a company in Colorado, and he was sitting at, the, at a meeting with all the fire chiefs and everything else. And the fire chief says, hey, we got we to criminalize marijuana again. Uh, there's been three grow houses that burnt down, and it's just, it's just terrible and all this. And, and one of the big owners go, whoa, 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 three, three businesses have burnt down. Which ones? Because we're all the ones that are licensed here. None of our places burnt down. We all get inspected. We get. We follow all these great practices. We put it, make sure that the products we have are safe. None of us burnt down. He goes, "Oh, it wasn't as you as these people are growing the stuff in their backyard." He goes, "Well, that's the, well, that's what you have to fight. We're fighting to be legalized legalization to stop that." People go blind making moonshine in their backyard. Exactly. Right? So they're like, "We'll follow the laws, but right. don't blame the people that don't on the guys that are licensed, insured, making sure that we have quality, safe products for those that need it." Can that's get. looking for fault. That's just them looking for fault. Exactly, and that's when right. that's what they're and that's what everybody's fighting. We're trying to decriminalize. We're trying to get rid of the shit out there, if, if for lack of a better term. Yeah. Like my CBD company. <clears throat> Excuse me. Like I said. I test the crap out of it because I give it to first responders. Right. Right. So I want it to be good. But I'm fighting, you know, shitheads. They're like, oh, we can make a buck. We can buy it from, we can buy it from uh, China. Don't yeah. know what the hell's in it. We'll bottle it and sell it. It's kind of like the same thing on Amazon. You go on Amazon, you see all these CBD products. It's the worst shit known to man. Some guy buys uh, uh, hemp seed oil, which is basically omega-3 oil, buys a 62-ounce gallon for 50 bucks. Puts it in one ounce bottle, sells over fifty bucks, makes a fortune, and calls it one thousand one hundred. I saw one the other day it was one hundred million milligrams of CBD. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't think you're doing your research here, but yeah. exactly. But people are buying it, right. and so they're taking it and going, "Oh, this shit don't work." When guys like us or guys like are trying to be, you know, yeah. real guys to help people that need it, right. providing products like your product's too expensive. Yeah, because I make sure the shit is real comes from a real farm that farm is has a, the safe practice practices they're licensed they're insured everything's fucking tested everything's actually i can track everything right back to the earth that it was put into so that you mm. can get the best product for what you need it for where do where do people get uh uh good dudes grow uh good dudes grow is on all the uh the podcasts uh that's or, our podcast or or, or your I- your uh your the cbd where do they can they get it off amazon no, you got to go. We have a website. It's called uh, our our line is called Pure Body Zen. So it'd be www.pbzcbd.com, and they can order it there. Does it ship to Canada? Mm, no. Okay. <laughs> Could Alleged. be on the horizon. Yeah. Allegedly. Oh, I see. I see. I see. Yeah. Okay. Well, because it, because it, a big one that's happening here is. First Nations uh, communities, tribes, they're selling, like they're opening weed shops. There's one uh, indigenous bloom nearby me. And because they're not being taxed by the government, they can offer it for a lower price. And it's it's really good quality. And boom, they're they're able to, to like really rise up their community with the money that they're making. I mean, it's, it's genius, right? Yeah. And it's helping them out. And it's something that's not really, it's not harming anybody. Right. My, my biggest thing is I tell everybody else, you have to learn how to read your bottles 
and read your third-party testing and ask questions. Right. So we, like I said, we created our business, our, our CBD oil business from the inside out. So we created our, our customer service. So you can always reach us, can ask us questions, even if you don't buy from us. Hey, I bought this stuff. What do you think? And we'll teach you how to read the bottles. We'll tell you how to reach the third-party testing. You, uh, all our bottles have bar scan codes. You can scan it, go straight to our third-party testing, ask a bunch of questions. You know, you, you can do whatever you want. And make sure that it's somebody you trust that you can always talk to. If you buy CBD from a company and you can re- you try to reach them, you can never talk to somebody. Chances are mm-hmm. they're just in it to make money. Yeah, because again, the products here to help people. There's so much shit out there. So the people that are really trying to help people will actually try and figure out the right product for you. I tell everybody, if the product that you bought does not work, call me back. Let's figure out what product does work. And that's the one we have because everybody's different. Every product's different. Some people can't use THC because it makes them a little anxious. Some people can. Some people don't like oil, so you have to take a gummy. Some people don't understand that gummies are two hours effect is where oil is 20 to 30 minutes, you know, all this stuff you can read online, but it's much easier to have a person talk because I ask you like a paramedic, your medical background, Mm. what medication you're taking, what are you taking for? What do you expect out of it? I interview you so I can give you the best product so I can make sure. And then I follow up or you follow up with me. I mean, and, and dude, you're changing the culture and that's what has to happen. I mean, it can't happen fast enough. Right. So Gary, thank you so much. Uh, man, I gotta, I gotta check out your stuff and, uh, I appreciate it, man. So my pleasure. And if everybody wants to go, like I said, our nonprofit is promisesrecovery.com. If you want to, you know, donate down there, we take donations, and everything else. It, it is a tax write off. It's a 5013C. It's been like that for, for four years. Uh, and by 2022, we're going to have our first facility open and we're looking at taking it nationally. So, wow. So Actually, let's talk about it for a second, just before I got to get heading out here. But how does that work? Because you were talking about how uh, um, there was this patient brokering. So recovery centers, is that is that by state or can that be a federal thing? How does that how does it's by state you can just most people just open one. You need medical directors and and people like yourself to actually work in it. But you can just open one and then you just advertise. Basically, it's. You have to advertise now as before you could actually do call centers and people would call you like you would hook right. you up and then you would just start, you know, you would find the sober livings and you just hook up and pay somebody there, send them to me, send them to me, send them to me. Yeah, and that's, that yeah, would be yeah. patient brokering yeah. as what we're, you know, we think that with our holistic approach, once the word gets out that we're using plant-based medicine, mm-hmm. holistic nutrition, fitness, and everything else, including the aspect of us getting you the community outside right. of, of the rehab by getting you jobs and vocational school and teaching you stuff that we won't, we'll be one of the most sought after facilities out there. And we're going to start with South Florida and then we're going to move one each in one each state as we go across. Well, Hey, who knows? Maybe I'll be working for you one day. There you go. Be great. (laughs) Awesome. Gary, thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. My pleasure, man. Thanks a lot. Once again, that was Gary Roberts sharing with us his journey into plant medicine, uh, in particular cannabis, and how it's it's helped him to treat uh, his own chronic pain, as well as he believes it's a healthy antidote uh, to the problems that we're seeing with addiction, and that it, it can help in treating addictions, uh, in CBD in particular. Um, just... I mean, I got a lot out of this one. I can speak from my own experiences. 
uh, on the healing properties of plant plant medicine, such as cannabis, and how it's helped me to really kind of look within rather than without. I know I've shared quite a bit about my own experiences with with alcohol and in my own mental uh, journey, my mental health journey. And one thing that I've kind of known is that my experiences, my initial experiences with marijuana is that it was like so anxiety inducing and all these things. But the reality is that I don't think it necessarily created these things so much as it just unearthed them, you know, these feelings of anxiety and dread and questioning myself that was already there. And it just allowed me sort of a, an avenue to look at it. Now, I, I firmly believe that CBD and, and, and cannabis usage, it can be helpful, but always, you know, be careful when you use these things. And it's not the only way of healing, right? There's other ways. I mentioned it in the beginning, you know, it, the importance of speaking to a counselor or of your, your, your fitness, your health. Gary Roberts shared that. That's part of the tenets of his rehabilitation. It's not just in terms of the medicine used, but it's also the lifestyle and just truly getting back to ourselves. So it was a pleasure having Gary on. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I hope you're doing well. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day. Thank you again for listening. I'm Robert Grant, and I'm probably wrong about everything.